How to make a tennis draw. The 2020 Australian Open Tennis Tournament. Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Don't forget to sign up for my 2020 Adult Tennis Lesson Series right here in Miami in the heart of Coconut Grove. I've got Monday night intermediate and Tuesday night novice classes. All you got to do to reserve your spot in class is log on to BackhandCity.com and click on the Tennis Registration link. Well, today's topic... How do you make a tennis draw? And of course, we're going to use the 2020 Australian Open Tennis Tournament as our guide. Today is Monday, the 20th of January, and it is the first day of the Australian Open. Now, this is considered a Grand Slam, which is one of the four major tennis tournaments held each year. All the players start off the Grand Slam season each January in Australia. Then in May, they go to France for the French Open, then to the United Kingdom for Wimbledon, and then back to North America for the U.S. Open in New York City. So these Grand Slams have the biggest draws in tennis. So there's 128 players in the men's and women's singles draw. So we're going to use the men's draw here as an example. Now, to get into a Grand Slam, you can get in via direct entry. They take 104 tennis players via direct entry. So if everybody's playing, no one's hurt, and everyone's healthy, one through 104 get directly in. Now, there's a little bit of a wrinkle this year, and we'll get to that on the fourth part of this making a draw. But from there, you're going to have 16 plus 8. You're going to have 24 available spots. 16 are for qualifiers. So anyone ranked from 105 up to whatever the cutoff point is, those players need to win three matches the week before the tournament to qualify for those 16 spots. So now we're up to 120 out of the 128 players in the draw. So there's eight spots remaining. And what the Grand Slams do is they give out what's called a wild card. So by by definition, a wild card means you can give it to anybody. If you're nice and they think you're good, they can give it to you. Okay? So what they typically do is give it out to the players in the home country. But what they've done over the years is they have reciprocal arrangements. So Australia... France, and the U.S., and I'm not sure if uh, the British do it, but I know the French and the Australians do exchanges. So what they do is they say, hey, United States, if you give us a wild card for your tournament, we'll give you a wild card for your tournament. So what happens here is in America, is up in Orlando, they have an event at their national training ground, and they have a bunch of players who they pick out who play matches, and whoever wins the matches gets that designated wild card. It used to be just hand-picked, but now you have to earn your way. 
So typically, Australia will give one to the U.S., one to France, and maybe they give one to, to the English. I'm not sure, but let's say they only give it out to France and the U.S. Well, now you've got six spots left, and they typically will give them out to their rising young stars or veterans who are maybe their rankings dropped or they've just kind of had an injury. So now the last thing to consider when making a draw, especially if you're in a Grand Slam, is something called a protected ranking. And this year on the men's side, Kevin Anderson, who was hurt a big part of last year, shut down his season in September. And I forget where his ranking was at that time, but I think he was still in the top 20 or 30. So he gets to take that ranking and use it for his first eight or 10 tournaments this year. And of course, he's going to use it for the Australian Open. So with that in mind, right now, he's ranked outside the 104 cutoff. He uses his protected ranking because he was injured to get in. So that would mean there would be only 103 guys. Now, there could be some other guys. I didn't look at the draw that closely to see uh, what happened in qualification. But the top four seeds are separated when you start a draw. So imagine they're in quarters of 32. And for this year's tournament, Rafael Nadal is the number one player in the world. So he goes on the top of the draw. Then when you scroll down to the bottom, you'll put Novak Djokovic. And then you'll usually put in Roger Federer, who's the number three player. He'll get drawn out of a hat, right? And he'll be either put on the top half or the bottom half of the draw, right? And then Daniel Medvedev is number four. He gets put in another quarter. So they're all separated. So there is a little bit of anxiety there because, you know, obviously if Federer and Djokovic are in the same half, that could be a, a tougher draw because they've all won all these majors. Um, that's always debated. A lot of times when they do draws, there's obviously it's very public. Um, it's very above board. So if you're having a tournament and you want to do an eight-man draw or a 16-man draw or a 32-man draw, this gives you an idea how you divide it up. Now, if you're only doing an eight-man draw, you probably only need two seats, a one and a two. If you're doing a 16 draw, it's probably good to have four seats to separate your best players and quarters. And the same thing for a 32 draw. Obviously, if you don't have a full draw, your seeds will get buys. So let's say you have an eight-man draw and only six players sign up. Well, then you're number one in two seeds would automatically get buys. Now, if you do run a tournament, there's software for all this, and it can just put everything in and spit it out. But what I recommend doing is making sure that your draw is public, okay? Make sure there's witnesses there, even have players in the tournament helping you pull the names out of the hat, if you will. And you could even use social media, do a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live to let everyone know what's going on. So what tournaments do that are sanctioned, they typically have a draw ceremony, where everybody meets, including the media. Uh, if you were having your own little tournament, you could do that as well. That's a great way to tie in sponsors if you have a restaurant involved in the tournament to get them uh, some revenue for their sponsorship. Because typically when people go to a draw, they're going to eat and drink during the uh, ceremony. So that's a little bit about how to make a draw. And we use the example for this year's Australian Open. So I'll put a link in the show notes so you can see the men's, women's, doubles, and mixed doubles draws. They even have junior and wheelchair. So you can really track it all at ozopen.com. It's going to last for two weeks. And it's broadcast on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. Um, I don't get any affiliate. So enjoy it. And 
We'll talk to you soon. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for another fresh tip each morning. Thanks for listening. That's when push comes to shove. I believe it was inevitable. That's when push comes to shove. Could this be the one that got away? I get the message, guess I knew it all along.